0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to what looks like going to be a beautiful Monday day here in the great state of Michigan. And welcome to a new week of the Live with Rank program. Let's start off the day with some good news. The University of Michigan hockey team just one over the weekend, and they're going into their record breaking 26, what they call the Frozen Four. So we have the final four coming up in basketball. Unfortunately, no Michigan teams made it, but we do have what they call the Frozen Four coming up. And the University of Michigan once again tied the record, or I didn't even tie, they broke or have a record 26th Frozen Four. Um, appearance so that's some great news also some great news all of you who listen to the live with rank show are so uh, ahead of the game as I told you I saw an article over the weekend in M live that said one Michigan spot top 300 inches of snow see winter snow total so far well I brought you that on February 28th so a month before M live did you heard it or read it. In the live with rank show. So that's some great news too. And if you need a smile on your face, one of the pieces I published this morning, we're going to have some fun with. Now, bug names are racist and offensive. Before I get into that, again, the number, I don't know, I said again, but did I give it to you? 269 nine, four, four, 9595. Nine, five. Once again, you say, okay. 269-441-9595. If you have a thought about what we're talking about today, love to hear from you. trump back candidates see movement in Michigan despite small rally crowd. Now, it's interesting uh, that the Detroit News would publish that, which is all fine and dandy. I heard there was only, well, it's being reported by the Detroit News, but 125 people But what they're not reporting on is there's zero rallies for Joe Biden. Do you find that kind of interesting? Zero rallies for Joe? Also, you're going to start seeing titles like this. Attorney General Contest Test Trump's Power Over Michigan Republicans. That was on Saturday. And they're talking about the endorsement of President Trump. Now, in this case, they're talking about someone who's running in the Republican primary, Matthew DiPerno. And they're going to try to, I believe what's happening here, it is put up as much as they can uh, failure in Trump's endorsements. That's not to say Matthew's going to fail, but he's running against the former Speaker of the House, Tom Leonard. So name recognition is huge when it comes to one of the candidates he's running against. So Kalamazoo attorney, Matthew DiPerno, has to overcome that hump. And the establishment who's going to be backing the former Speaker of the House, Tom Leonard. But definitely what they will do if he doesn't win is to try to paint it as Trump losing um, some power in his endorsement. Now, whether you think that or not, I just wanted to point that out to you guys so you you will be ready for it. Because... President Trump is not going to choose uh, people he feels are part of the establishment. Now, whether that's right or wrong when it comes to Tom Leonard, I'm not making that judgment. What I'm saying is he's usually going to choose people who are not part of the establishment because people part of the establishment usually don't change anything because they are part of the establishment. And then talking about President Trump, something I found hilarious over the weekend. Sandy Hook, not Sandy Hook, but their victims, the Sandy Hook victims' families want Alex Jones arrested. And this is from the AP. So lawyers for relatives of Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting victims asked a Connecticut judge on Friday to order the arrest of InfoWars host Alex Jones after he defied a court order to attend a deposition as part of the lawsuit over the calling the massacre a hoax. Jones missed both days of a scheduled de- deposition last Wednesday and Thursday in Austin, Texas, home to him and his InfoWars, and he cited his health problems. He had health problems. Here's my what I wanted to point out to you. Nothing to do with Sandy Hook, nothing to do with InfoWars, nothing to do with Alex Jones, and everything to do with why isn't anybody calling for all of those politicians and all of those pundits on ABC, NBC, CBS, all of those quote-unquote news show hosts on ABC. Oh, wait, I just said that. The pundits and the news show hosts on that. As well as everyone on MSNBC and CNN, as well as all of the papers, editors, and anybody who wrote anything about the Russian hoax, why aren't they being called to testify somewhere? The Russian hoax was large and long and hurt our country immensely. Now, obviously, the Sandy Hook Elementary school shooting was horrible and hurt those families, obviously, and the people who were killed immensely. But that's not one I'm trying to bring to your attention. I assume he... This guy, Alex Jones, will have to uh, uh, go to court at some point and reap what he sowed. But when is everybody who ran that Russian hoax going to reap what they sowed? Think about that. 269 441 Now, let's get to something that's a little more lighthearted. Over the weekend, I saw that the etymological society of America had a problem with one of their bug names, their non-scientific bug names. And that motivated me to write how now bug names are racist, unoffensive. So it appears just about everything in the entire world could be system systemically racist. And as I stated, now it appears that the scientific world of bugs has been hit, not hot, hit with a racist scandal. back in June of twenty twenty one, that society removed, quote, gypsy moth, end quote, and, quote, gypsy ant, end quote, as, quote, recognized common names for two insect species in its common names of insects and related organisms list, end quote. They stated that the existing common names for the moth, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce their scientific name, and the ant, I'm not going to try to pronounce The ant scientific name were quote identified as containing a derogatory term for the Rome, I think it's Romania people. And that would be gypsy. So what you know of the gypsies here, the traveling gypsies, are based out of Eastern Europe. Now I've spent a lot of time in Romania. And I've met quite a few of people that you would call, uh, they would call gypsies. I was amazed at how um, poorly they were treated by the enlightened people in Europe, the ones we're supposed to look towards and be like. But I don't think any of them really had a problem with this Gypsy Moth uh, name. Looks like I got to take a break. We'll come back on the other side and I'll uh, give you more about this and have a little fun. You listen to Live with Rank. We'll be right back. You're listening to Live with Rank. I appreciate that. Now bug names are racist and offensive. Did you know that? Yes, the... Etymological Society of America has removed gypsy moth and gypsy ant from their common names of insects insects and related organisms list because they believe or someone complained that it uh, was derogatory for the gypsy people or people that they call the gypsies out in uh, heavily uh, in Romania. In the past, the organization would only remove names that are not scientifically accurate. But the board voted unanimously last week to approve the addition. So they got rid of the word gypsy moth and brought in the word spongy moth. So they replaced gypsy with spongy. And they haven't had the uh, unscientific name of the ant yet uh, brought in. So I've been informed, though. Here's the problem that this group has. I've been informed that the people who are overweight and called spongy have joined together to ask that society to replace the name spongy moth with some other name. I've also been informed groups are coming together all over the world to ask the etymological society of America to rename the following insects because they feel the names are offensive to them. Now, all of these are in this piece I wrote. You can go to wbckfm.com or wkmi.com. Eventually, it'll be on wkmi.com, and check it out. So they got rid of the word gypsy for gypsy moth and gypsy ant because it offended gypsies or people who were called gypsies in Europe. They replaced it with spongy moth. I'm being told that a group of people who represent overweight people who are called spongy at time are upset about that so they're asking that society now to replace that name and then these other groups have come together across the world and are asking for the following names to be renamed. You ready? Assassin bugs. Well, obviously groups representing assassins are offended by that name. Black widow spider. A black and yellow agropope, a black blister beetle, a black vine weevil, black flies. Carpet beetles, apparently people who produce and install carpet are offended by this name. Driver ants, people who do not drive are offended by this name. Fruit flies, people who love fruit are offended by this name. Horse flies, people who love horses are offended by this name. Harvester ants, people too lazy to have harvest their own crops are offended by this name. Hairy fungus beetles. People who do not like to shave any part of their body are offended by this name. Long horned beetles. Pfft, come on. People who believe size does not matter are offended by this name. March flies. Easy one. People who believe the other months are being overlooked are offended by this name. The short horned moths. See you above. People who believe size does not matter are offended by this name. Soldier beetles. People who are against any armed forces and believe that everyone should just love each other are offended by this name. Pleasing fungus beetles. People who believe these beetles should not be forced to please anyone if they choose not to are offended by this name. Indian meal moth. Midget moths. The plain old meal moth. So people who produce meals for other people are offended by this name. Now, the group for the Indian meal moth are getting together. The Indians are getting together with the meal moth people who are offended. And I assume will be double teaming on the Indian meal moth. Pygmy sand crickets. Pff, there you go. Slam dunk. Stink bugs. People who do not bathe on a regular schedule are offended by this name. Japanese beetles, unique-headed bugs. Well, people who represent non-unique-headed bugs are offended by this name. White grubs and white flies. There were more, guys, but I just decided enough's enough. 269-441-9595. You can check out that piece, have some fun with it. I actually posted it to a bunch of bug sites over uh, I, I, in Facebook. In fact, let me see if I can find one of them because it'll the, the person I believe understood what I was trying to do. Here it is. So I posted this on a bug discussion group. And someone wrote, this is getting a little out of hand. So someone who belongs to this bug discussion group, this is getting a little out of hand. And I wrote back to that person as the author of this piece and said, thanks for your thoughts. That is the entire reason why I wrote this piece. It was not to be mean or hateful. It was to show how out of hand, as you put it, things are getting. I must say, I had some fun with this. I could have went more, put more, and I just decided that enough is enough. So spread the word. Spread spread a laugh today by taking that piece and sharing it among your friends. I, I think that uh, they will enjoy it. 269 You can check out that piece at wbckfm.com or one of the flagship, that's my flagship station, one of my affiliates. Now, again, it may not be up. It doesn't get up on the affiliates right away. So if you want to see that, you can always go to the flagship station. I know it's there because I'm the one who outputs it, uploads it to that. And it is just, it's just too much. Too much that's going on out there. I put a second piece out. Detroit School Teacher's Lounge has it all. Detroit School Teacher's Lounge has it all. A teacher in the Detroit Public School District gave herself a, quote, community assignment, end quote. That community assignment, which she assigned to herself, involved the creation of what she calls a, quote, wellness tranquility room, end quote, for teachers and all staff members. The school in which she works is the Davis Aerospace in its gothly career and technical center, which resides in the Jefferson Chalmers neighborhood on the city's east side of Detroit. The Detroit Free Press reported that Ms. Davis explained, quote, the room fits into her vision of how she can best serve both schools and the community, end quote. Her vision has come to fruition And now her school has their very own wellness slash tranquility room. We're going to take a quick break, come back on the other side, and I'll tell you what this wellness and tranquility room has. You listen to me, Rank, on the Live with Rank show, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Live with Rank. In the name of Gypsy Moth, I have brought to you guys in a piece I affectionately called... Now bug names are racist and offensive. You can check that out at the websites of the station you're listening to me on or my flagship station, wbckfm.com. And a list now of uh, apparently I've I've been informed that there's groups coming together all over the world that are uh, concerned now about other names that they believe this entomological society of America should change. So check it out. It was uh, interesting. Then I wrote a second piece Detroit Teachers Lounge Has It All. And I was telling you about a teacher who took on an assignment herself, which she called a community assignment, uh, to bring a wellness and tranquility room to a, a career and technical center school in the Jefferson Chalmers neighborhood on the city's east side. Her vision has finally come to fruition. And that school now has its own wellness and tranquility room. And that school has the following. Four teal-colored spa chairs, a zero-gravity massage chair, a handheld massager, a foot massager, stress-relieving stress balls, three miniature rock waterfalls, an aromatherapy therapy oil diffuser, puzzles, soft lighting, herbal tea, and music for relaxation and meditation. Nice. Nice. The room was paid for via a $3,500 grant the teacher applied for from a group calling themselves the Building Healthy Communities. And I gave you a link to their website. In their website, the Building Healthy Community says, quote, they are a district-based program focused on addressing the social detriments of health that have contributed to wide disparities in many communities across Michigan, end quote. They also state that they are, quote, a collaborative partnership between Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan, the Michigan Health Endowment Fund, the Michigan Fitness Foundation, the United Dairy Industry of Michigan, and Wayne State University Center for Health and Community Impact. They say we work together to offer a healthy school transformation opportunity to elementary and middle schools in Michigan, end quote. The teacher stated, quote, my first thought when I looked at what we had created on Wednesday afternoon is that we did what we were supposed to do, end quote. And as I stated, good for them. Now, i never, ever been fortunate enough to work for a private company that had a wellness and tranquility room. My only thought was we keep hearing from people in the public education business and their politicians that there is never enough money to educate the students. So I respectfully ask, perhaps that $3,500 could have been better spent to help educate the students. Just a thought. What about you guys? Have you ever worked in a private company? Now, I know the more woke companies, like the tech companies out west, I think have things like this. In reality, I remember seeing a document, documentary that said they have a lot of these things on campus, their work campuses, because they don't want their people to leave. They want them tied to their desk or their, their business so they work even more hours. But I would probably say, there are tech companies out there who has this, but I'm I'm in my 50s and I've never worked for a company that had a wellness and tranquility room. And I've worked for small to very, very large corporations. None of them had spa chairs or a zero gravity massage chair or a handheld massager or, or foot massager <laughs> or stress relieving balls and, or, uh, rock waterfalls or aromatherapy or puzzles or soft lighting or herbal tea or music for relaxation, meditation, none none of that. But, you know, we move on. That's fine. But if you keep explaining or complaining that schools don't have enough money to teach kids, public schools don't have enough money, to teach kids properly. Or as they like to say, the unions like to say, if you give teachers more money, then they will try harder, which is pretty embarrassing and a slap in the face of teachers. I, I would be offended if I was a teacher and the unions said that, but they do all the time. Give them more money and they'll do a better job. So meaning they believe their clients, the teachers, are money motivated? They're not doing it for anything other than the money, which I I don't believe that. I believe some of them are. Just like anything in life. But why the school unions believe that is is beyond me. But that thirty five hundred probably could have been spent, you know, buying something for help the kids. What do you guys think? Two six nine four four one nine five. 9-5. Parents lawsuit. Grand Ledge Board of Education violated FOIA law. Now, I just wrote a piece. Last week, I believe it was, on another lawsuit, if I remember correctly, that had to do with FOIA in a school. I'm looking up real quickly, like I tell you guys, to go and Look under meet the host. Uh, rank. Uh, la, 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 I'm sorry. Meet the host and then live with rank. I was trying to do three things at once. Yes, Rochester School District denying parents the ability to review course materials. They were denying a FOIA. Now here's grand-led schools pushing, 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 denying, denying, denying a FOIA request from a parent. The lawsuit was filed in Eaton County Circuit Court. And it asked the district, the lawsuit was on this FOIA request that asked the school district to provide mask exemptions that had been approved. The request was initially put out there on September 13th. It was denied fairly quickly on October 4th, according to the lawsuit. They sent another request that same day and it said, quote, please provide a document that shows the number of mask waivers received, denied, and approved, end quote. Eight days later on October 12th, they did. The school district responded to the FOIA and they gave them a record with columns for each mask waiver request that was received by the district, the type of request it was, who requested it, their email address, which student it was for, their grade, and the district's determination. Now remember, they didn't tell them this is what they wanted. They simply asked for a document that shows the number of mask waivers received, denied, and approved. It was the school who decided to go a step farther and give them a record with columns for each mask wear requested, the type of request it was, who requested it, their email address, which student it was for, their grade and the district's determination. So you may be wondering, well, Rank, if that's true, why are they bringing them to court? Because that's what they gave them, a paper with those columns and everything else redacted. <laughs> so not only is the Grand Ledge School Board and school district not complying at that point with FOIA. They were being smug and elitist about it. This is how bad it is. It's growing. This is why I'm bringing it to you. It's growing all through the country and right here in Michigan. Michigan. How these administrators, these unions, many of these teachers that support these unions, not all the teachers, believe that the corporate business of public education in the state of Michigan and around the country is designed to give them jobs and not teach kids. That's what I believe. Otherwise, they wouldn't put so many roadblocks in the way of teaching children, informing parents, allowing parents to be part of the teaching experience, if they so wish to, by reviewing these documents. And then being smug elitist like this and sending that report with everything redacted except their column headlines. Now, remember, they didn't ask for that. I told you what they asked for. The school district then lied. Apparently, the school district is spending their money on, I don't know, maybe wellness and tranquility centers instead of real lawyers who know the law. Because the school district lied and said that uh, they cited compliance with the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act as the reason for the redaction. The act governs access to educational information and records by public entities. Now, the lawyer for this woman says the district redactions, quote, clearly violates FOIA. The Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act only pertains to, quote, personally identifiable information, end quote. Names or any other personally identifiable information were redactable, but the rest of the document was not. So the lawyers that the school district hire, or they just made it the decision upon themselves, because, and again, this is, again, you have to question the intelligence of people that go into this uh, uh, career. If they're making all of these very obvious and slam dunk mistakes. They decided, and I, again, I would assume their lawyers decided that, That's that they could use the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act to not give them anything. And as I stated, it's pretty well-defined. You can't give them personal information. That's why I kept stating they weren't asking for personal information. It was the school who then turned around and said, well, we're going to offer them personal information and then redact everything. Now, apparently... They had enough of being ashamed, and according to this Lansing State Journal article that reported it, they did finally give some type of unredacted document to these people, but I think they're still going forward with the lawsuit, so Grand Ledge has to pay for her lawyers, which I think they should, as well as some small penalty for what they did. Again, I bring that to you because you need to be very, very concerned about our, our school boards, our school districts. That's why it's very important. You will have so much more power in your hands if you were to run for a school board than a state rep or a state senator. You're one of many, or a congressperson. You're one of many, and then if you're on the school board, That is what I encourage many of you who are concerned about your children, who are concerned about the future of this country, who notice how poorly these school boards have represented the children and the parents. And they seem to be there, many of them, to rubber stamp whatever these teachers, these administrators, and these unions want. That's the position you should go for. So the question I would have for the grand-led school board is, or the school district, is who did you pay? What lawyers did you pay for that advice that seems to be so wrong? And did you not have enough money to pay real lawyers because you were trying to set up wellness and tranquility centers? I, I, I'm i not sure. 269 You listen a lot with Ring there you go I, I thought i pushed that button good morning everybody welcome to the live with rank show 269 441 if you have a thought about what we're talking about i was just talking about what's happening in uh, the detroit school and i went to grand um was it grand blank no grand ledge Uh, And what's happening there and be on top of all of this issues, as I've told you, and you should be involved with school boards and run for them if you feel that you are not being you or your child not being represented well by the current board members. The Wisconsin State Assembly and Senate have passed a parent's bill of rights. Michigan should look into this. That parents' bill of rights would allow parents to school sue uh, sue schools that fail to inform them about their child's gender or social transition. So as you know, many schools are trying to hide as much as they can from the parents. Really important things from the parents. And this bill would give... More power to the parents when it comes to their child in the school. There are other states including Indiana, Texas, Kansas, Florida, Virginia, Missouri, and Georgia who have advanced bills that would allow parents to sue schools that don't inform them about what's going on with their child. Wisconsin's bill mandates that parents have, quote, the right to review all medical records related to the child unless specified otherwise in law or court order. Now, end quote. Now, as I read this to you, just think about how down the drain we have gone. That we have to have a law that explicitly states these things. It's it's embarrassing. It's sad. It's disgusting. Again, this bill mandates that parents have the right to review all medical records related to the child unless specified otherwise in law or court order. Also, quote, the right to determine the names and pronouns used for their child while at school, end quote, and, quote, the right to review instructional materials and outlines used by the child's school, end quote. To think, you, you're the parent. You birth these child, these children. You are raising these children. You are paying for these children. You are paying these people who are undermining you at every turn they can. It is you, your money that's paying for it. These people aren't putting any of their own money into it. Well, I shouldn't say that. They have to pay also under the uh, taxes. But you, their, their money, their entire salary comes from you. And so many of them in so many states are working against you, the parent, that they have to have laws like this because schools in the past will not give all this information to you, the parent? According to the bill's text, parents are allowed to sue governmental bodies or school officials if they violate the rights of parents or usurp, quote, the fundamental right of a parent or guardian to direct the upbringing, education, health care, and mental health of a child, end quote. Again, I propose to you how sickening it is to think that schools were standing in in the way of a parent to direct the upbringing of their child, to direct the education of their child, to direct the health care of their child, to direct the mental health care of their child. Teachers, school administrators, all attempting to not allow that to happen. Enough that we have Wisconsin, Indiana, Texas, kansas florida virginia missouri georgia worried about it and we should right here in michigan because we categorize it or i tell you about it every week the law was drafted after a wisconsin school district was sued for concealing information on a child's gender transition from the child's parents yes you heard that right the parents file a lawsuit against the school district after their 12-year-old daughter began a, quote, social transition, end quote, wherein she was, quote, presenting to others as the opposite sex, primarily by adopting a new name and pronouns, end quote. And their re- school refused. Not only refused to tell the parents, but would not allow others to tell the parents The school district has a policy, whether written or unwritten, allowing minor students to socially transition to a different gender identity at school without parental consent and even over the parents' objections, end quote, the complaint read. A separate Wisconsin school district told educators that parents are not, quote, entitled to know their kids' identities, end quote. Michigan mothers reported that children as young as five, excuse me, Wisconsin mothers, Reported, children as young as five years old can access porn websites and inappropriate content on the school's provided iPads. 269-441-9595. You have a thought about that? We'll be right back after this. You listen to Live with Rank.